1: Hello
0: and welcome to your post-match raw on AI Pro podcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland. I'm Trev Downey and joining me to give their reactions to Burnley nil Liverpool one in the Premier League from Turf Moor are Dave Hendrick and Harry Sethi. Ugly as hell, Dave. Um, Ugly as hell. Um, Resembling the conditions, it was... You know old fashioned English football atmosphere camera on the sideline. I don't know what you were watching, but whatever I was watching had this sideline camera which was basically drenched, it looked like it was under a couple of feet of water, just added to the misery. You felt cold looking at the screen um in the end, it's an ugly win. We seemed to get better as the game went on. Poor enough consolation because I just wanted the game to be over almost from the start, and I'll take them three points, thanks.
2: To wrap the game up, I would say that game. If Sean Dyche's face was a football match, it was that match there today.
0: <laughs> gnarly. That's,
2: that's basically yeah, gnarly. <laughs> the decisions he's made in life have a consequence. <laughs> you know, the the lack of hair meaning all the water was running down. I said to you uh, before we started recording, very disappointed to see him wearing a coat today. Yes. I would have thought that would have been short sleeve shirt sort of weather yeah. for Sean, uh, but maybe a cap would have been advisable just to keep the the rain off his face, which is, you know, I mean, ginger and pasty, and, and it's all those type of things. Is swarty, I think, is probably a good word for him. But yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those games that you're going to have. We knew what they were going to do. Once they set the team up the way they did, it was quite obvious it was going to be a lot of long balls, flick-ons, and then You had Cornet on the left, Lennon on the right, and Rodriguez up top with Veghorst. So they were going to look for that pace in behind on to flick-ons, and it is what they did. We contributed massively to our own hardship until about 56 minutes by playing with 10 men, and that's never ideal, especially away at Turf Moor. They were confident as well because they'd come back and gotten the good draw against United in the week. So we did have to grind it out. And we had, you know, a number of players played poorly. Um, one in particular did not, he, he did not do anything well. But I thought certain players stepped up quite well today. I thought Ali had a great game. I thought Andy Robertson played really well down the left. Fab was, for me, was outstanding. Um, Nabi was very good. I thought when Thiago came on, he just brought this calmness. It was like they all just had a joint and just settled down and relaxed and started to play a bit of football. And we started to open them up then a bit more. And it was only really the final ball that was letting us down. So all in all, you're definitely going to take three points when you go to Turf Moor. You're definitely just going to take the three points and get out of there as quickly as you can. Because, I mean, it's the most gammon place in the country to to go. Their fans. How can I put this? I'm going to steal a line that I saw on Twitter today. Their fans are the type of pig ignorant fuckers who think a hedge fund is money that you save up to buy a bit of laurel. <laughs>
0: You know, <laughs> <laughs> that kind of stuff. Uh, that makes me a hedge fund manager, hedge really. Fund manager. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm delighted to know that. You, uh, you,
2: and, you and John Henry. Like the hedge funds, <laughs> but hedge funds nonetheless. Hmm. Where's the where's the yacht money, John? <laughs>
3: Trev's managing sent- multiple uh, hedge funds at this stage. I think absolutely.
0: I've I've sank all your investments into my
3: hedge
0: fund, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I can't promise you any returns. Harry, like to get your immediate reaction as well. Yeah. Look, there's a massive disparity between the threat that that law carried today, and we 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 will we can tease and we will tease because it's it's uh, a cra- it's good craft to do so. But there's a massive disparity between. The threat that they carried on occasion, and as they've said quite rightly, I think, mostly as a result of our own inadequacies, uh, and the position that they are in the table, which is literally propping it up there, it's a piss poor record that they have of fourteen uh, points uh, at this stage. Um, uh, you know, and uh, it, it, there's only Watford as marooned, as them, then you got a couple of points up to Norwich and another three or four up to Newcastle, and. Uh, I suppose what I'm saying to you is it's. A, I, I really wish we could get to the stage where yesterday I flick on Twitter for a while uh, and I see all the morose, heartbroken comments of people lamenting the fact that Manchester City have won a game that Manchester City absolutely should win. Oh, yeah. Um, and I want us to get to that stage, um, Harry, where we go and we arrive at Turf Moor and they're already beaten. Hmm. Um, but they still, like every fucking team, feel that they can have a crack. And you know, on a different day, that could have gone very differently. I don't know. Yes, we probably we deserved it on, on, on the overall run of play, but how do you feel about the game on the whole? I mean, you couldn't really have argued if they pinched the goal in that first half, they were worth it
3: yeah i don't know whether or not yeah my um my reading of it is colored by sort of what happened th- after the the entire 90 minutes or so but I, I i i just was never particularly worried um and i think dave's right to point out that there were there are a couple of occasions where we were a little bit slack um and you know gave them opportunities that uh you know, really otherwise they were never going to be able to create but um i I think a few seasons ago now, um, we sort of cracked what to do when you go to Turf Moor. Of course, there's always sort of the odd occasion where they might score this goal from some sort of fluke chance or the conditions might be dreadful as they were today at times and things like that. But um, when I watched the Leicester game in midweek, I thought that um, it was a good example of sort of the heavy blanket being brought by um, probably the defence on that day, just just completely controlling the game with the midfield as well. And then today, um, yeah... The the blanket was less apparent um for, for, for portions of that game, but by the end, especially once Tiago had come on as well, um, I thought you you could just see it's just just complete suffocation. And and I think there's been some there's been some stats bandied around as well after the game around. I think I think they'd created like one point one five of XG before Tiago came on and after but by by the time the ninety minutes were up it was one point one six or something. So he he just came on and extinguished Anything really, um, and it's uh, up until the Vakehorse signing. To be honest, Burnley have really been like creatively atrocious this season. Um, I was speaking to Adam from the No Name Never podcast um, on Rival Recon ahead of the game, and uh, yeah, he was he, he was pretty down on how they'd been this season, yeah, attacking wise. Really a non-starter. Vakehorse looks like he could be offering them a little bit more, but of course, he's then. He's gotten injured as well, um, so I was I was never particularly worried. It felt like we were always keeping them at arm's length. Um, uh, I was a bit disappointed by how luckluster we were in attack uh, on a few occasions, you know, overhitting the pass and things like that. But this this game Trev reminded me of of some of the games we saw throughout that title winning season as well. To be honest, where um, the the ability to to get ahead and then maybe some of the players aren't having their best days, but there's enough of a foundation there that we're just we're shutting up shop. You're not getting these points back, really. Um, and unless, unless it was going to be our mistake, uh, we weren't letting them back into that game. So, yeah, I, I, I'll probably share Fab's expression. There's a photo going round of a interview Fabinho did, a top, top Liverpool goal scorer in 2022, by the way. Interview that he did yeah. after the game uh, where the reporter said, Burnley had lots of chances today. Uh, and Fabinho is, is looking very confused, uh, to be honest, because I don't think any of them really were Gigantic. Oh, and the last thing I want to, to, to say, Trevor, is these games. If, if, I'm not sure if, you, if if you've noticed it too. The way in which offside is being refereed at the moment, uh, oh. it, it creates the illusion of um, momentum. Basically, that there were so many chances. They they did, they did create some good ones, but there were so many chances that were not chances. They're offside. <laughs> uh, and then the crowd get up. The commentators immediately jump on it. Uh, and there's this like perception that you're in a game we won (laughs) it was it was fine
0: no i think i think that's a super point and i do want to come back to it so if i forget one of you remind me please we need to come back to this during the game it's in my notes so we'll we'll probably find our way back there but you're so right, it, there's a creation of a, s- a psychological advantage for a team uh, who don't deserve it, um, when it, 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 something could be easily flagged, um, and it's beyond infuriating, and of course then what doubles down on how infuriating it is, is the fact that commentators don't make any difference between the choices or the the um, opportunities and chances, yeah. and then you go to half-time and you go to whatever um, clowns are in the punditry boxes, and they don't differentiate between those uh, offside chances. As if they they were real. It, it, I have to say, in the era of 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 post truth fake news, it's remarkable. It really is. It's like a perfect example. Why are we talking about this shit? It didn't happen. You know, it doesn't count. Uh, and yet, uh, endlessly, um, teams are allowed because we play our our high line to get some sort of psychological advantage that they feel from having created a chance, get their fans up, as you say,
3: Harry. Yeah, it's incredibly infuriating. You can see the expression, Trevor. Um, uh... V- Virgil at this point is getting as good at impersonating Matip um, <laughs> as Joel is. Anyway, <laughs> yes. is this expression yeah. of "Oh, you've made me run, <laughs> you've, you've yeah. made yeah. me sprint yeah. for that."
0: <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, speaking of Virgil, we should just have a quick look you and I at the Liverpool team, and then we'll we'll I'll get a take from both of you on Burnley before we start into the match details. And you know. <clears throat> In many ways, uh, there's a lot of people who would say that that is the team that they'd like to see uh, until our recent signings and the return of of Harvey Elliott and stuff like that and, and, and the emergence of Shota as what he is, lots of people would have been very, very excited by that team. It's not far off what I think um um Kloppo would go with as his team if he was rolling a team into a final tomorrow. I think the only change in that team might necessarily be um um uh sorry Tiago coming in for for um Nabi Keita, I think. I, I I could be wrong, but I just there they're his go to guys, the guys he trusts. Um the the front three, the 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 back four and Ali and the midfield selection today was Fab, uh, like I say, Nabi Keita and and the captain. And um, mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 a very strong team on paper. The bench looks great. We've got Kelleher there, we've got Kanate, Thiago, Milner, Oxley, Chamberlain, Simicus, Shota, Diaz, and Elliott. Um, very exciting stuff. And we're all like uh, you know, children who've got a new toy and we want to see Luis Diaz and we want to see Harvey Elliott. But I do get why he made the decisions he made today. I have to say, uh, normally I'm kind of critical, but I understand it, this is a, is a period of, of of intense games. We've lads at different tempos and rates of, of, of rhythm. I can understand why he's trying to get everybody involved um, and give a bit of, uh, you know, uh, minutes on the field to to, to to all the all the players that he can. Mm-hmm. So it does make sense to me in in one way. Do you think that's all that that selection was about? Because I want to see Thiago start every every game, right? Um I I don't know if, if it if, if it's do do you can you drop Luis Diaz when he's come in and he's he's exciting, he's flying. So you know do, do you think there was some sort of minute management going on there in that selection from the top? Is that is that what came down to do you think?
3: yeah i mean i would i i wouldn't be surprised if that was it if 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 they were looking at the charts the stats on on these players and just thinking about what would be the the most sensible thing obviously we've got loads of games coming up um thick and fast which is actually usually quite good for us because we like to build that that rhythm yeah. um and uh yeah i i'm just I'm just never really going to complain about this because um we've we've always longed to be in this situation where you've got you, you've got the squad everybody's fit touch wood at the moment for for once um I agree with you I mean I don't really see there's any need to ever really break up um Fab and Tiago from from being guaranteed starters to be honest if they're both fully fit so I imagine maybe we're just trying to be a little bit careful with with Tiago um and he is a great pl- uh, player to be able to bring on in those moments just to completely suffocate a game but yeah all. On yeah, ordinarily, if there if there's never any injury concerns, yeah, you, you'd like to see Fab and Thiago probably be the the first two names on the team sheet in, in in midfield. But Luis Diaz, I think, on a more the um, had to we have we have to explain to him what what Turf more, um on a day like today is on a conceptual level before you can drop. It. I mean, I, I think I think it would have been cruel to be honest. I mean, the guy had gloves on uh, last uh in in, in midweek uh, i'm sure there, there, there were moments where he was sat on the bench wondering what this what this was really um and uh hopefully people on the bench were able to <laughs> sort of explain to him uh, i'm sure tiago was uh giving him his notes from last season where he, he first encountered it um whereas yeah these guys have been used to use this sort of game beforehand i think it's an interesting one for keita um to to appear in and i uh, saw i saw gags just mentioned actually that Naby's Premier League games this season: uh, I think Norwich, Burnley, Watford, United, Spurs, and then Burnley again. And the sort of games actually that I think when you, when you see critics of uh, of Cater, the types of games where they go, "Oh, you he, you he doesn't really fancy those types of games," or Klopp doesn't fancy him in those types of games. And I thought, um, as uh, as Trev mentioned, he was he was really combative out there actually, and looked um looked good, giving Fab a lot of support as well. So yeah, I didn't have too many. Too many questions with the lineup. The only one I was maybe thinking might might appear out of nowhere would be Kanate, uh, You know, just the type of game again, just to let him know what this is about as well. Um, but uh, if, if it's not broken, you know, why uh, why sort of tinker with it?
0: Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot there, and we'll come back to that in various ways as the as the match goes on. I'll come back to you. On Burnley, but Dave, I'll just start with you on them, just to look at, at, at how they went. The most striking thing for me about Burnley was the bench, and it's a, it's a list of names that'll be well known to everybody. It, it's it's a really it's a list of really well known, you know, uh, lads who've been playing their trade around the Premier League. You got Barnes, McNeil, Cork, Stevens, uh, Long, Loudon, um, Bardsley, Hennessy's there, and uh, I left someone out, Collins. I mean, you know, lots of 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 now whether or not you rate any of those particularly highly is another thing. Um, but I would have always thought over the last couple of years watching these that McNeil was their most effective footballer mm. uh there on the bench. They started with uh, obviously Pope and goal, um Robert Tarkowski, May and Peters, Lennon, Brownhill, Westwood, Corne, Rodriguez, and Veghorst, and um the latter of the the last of those names will be coming back to quite a bit during the course of this. Um Talk to me about what you think it is that that, that Sean Dyche is trying to do here. And and I'll go back to to Harry to to, to get the fans view um, on whether they're achieving it or not. But I mean, there are lots of different options there. I couldn't really see a massively obvious plan except for the idea of isolating uh, the big man um, with the diagonal ball. you know, or the balls in behind, um, pretty much with Veg Horse in mind almost all the time. There didn't seem to be any great plan for me. Other than that, uh, does that really explain? Do you think why they are where they are? Are They a little bit shapeless at the moment. Have they kind of lost that vision? Is it perhaps one of those things that Daichi was probably would have been better off walking maybe last summer or the summer before and revitalizing himself and letting the letting the club get somebody else to do the same.
2: I think if Dyche leaves or Dyche had left, they'd be dead and buried already. I know things look bad for them. They're seven points behind Newcastle. They do have two games in hand, but I mean, you look at them and they've only conceded twenty nine goals this season. Now, for context, West Ham are fourth and they've conceded thirty one. United are fifth and have conceded thirty two, and Spurs are eighth with twenty nine conceded. So it's a top half defense. The issue this season for them has been they haven't been scoring. Enough goals. They've only got seventeen this year. A big part of that was Chris Wood had a disappointing first half of the season. Rodriguez missed time with injuries. Corne missed time with injuries, and Ashley Barnes has missed quite a bit of time with injuries. So while those aren't regular goal scorers, they'll all nick you a goal. Except for Corne has the potential maybe to get you know twelve fifteen in the season. The others will get you five to eight across the course of the season. When you can keep clean sheets the way Burnley had or restrict teams to one goal the way they tend to do, you tend to be okay. I mean, you look at that team, it's a decent team. I mean, Conor yeah. Roberts is is a, is a quality right back in Wales International. They are missing uh, Charlie Taylor, who's their first-race left back and is a big upgrade on Eric Peters, who, to be frank, is not very good. But, I mean, that triangle of Pope, Tarkovsky and me is as proven as it comes in this league. It's a good pairing at centre-back with a solid keeper. Westwood, it's normally Westwood and Cork or Westwood and Brownhill, whichever one. They're neat and tidy. They don't make too many mistakes. They're hardworking. They'll keep it simple. And then they've got, you know, options out wide. Dwight McNeil, I agree with you. He's their best player. I didn't really understand why he was left out today, but he hasn't had a great season. But I do think the plan simply was, let's get this long to Veghorst and let's get pace from Lennon Corne and um, Lennon, Corne and Rodriguez running off the back of it. I also think part of the reason he'd have played Lennon on the right is to track Andy Robertson, and I thought Lennon did fairly well with that, especially in the first half. He got tired. He's 34, pushing 35. That guy was playing with James Milner at Leeds. That's how long he's been playing. You know, we, we always talk about how long Milner's playing. Milner left Leeds. I want to say in 2004. Could have been two thousand and five, but Aaron Lennon was playing in the first team with him there, so he's been around a long time as well. But the game plan was simple. I mean, he'll have Dice is clever. Dice will have watched us play this season. He'll have watched Matip struggle against certain physical centre forwards, like Ivan Tony battered him earlier this season. He's in a couple of shaky games recently. He was poor in midweek against um, Leicester. Got the assist, but his overall performance was poor. And he'll have looked at that and thought, that's maybe a weak link. That's physically, from a physical point of view. We all know how good Joel is, but from a physical point of view, at times he can get a little bit rattled. I thought his first half performance today was a shocker. I thought they absolutely bullied him up and down the pitch. He couldn't really he couldn't complete a pass because he was getting battered so much in the aerial stuff. It clearly shook him. And that just seemed to be their very rudimentary, straightforward game plan. Get it long get flick-ons, and get two and three in the box for cutbacks and low crosses. And it nearly paid off for them a few times, but like you, you guys have mentioned, we held an incredibly good line today. Mm. And it, that's what, like, if the referee and the referee's assistant were consistent with calling the flag, not allowing play to develop for 10, 15, 20 seconds after it's clearly offside, they wouldn't have had much of anything today. The Brownhill shot from distance, uh, there might have been one other good save that Ali made, but everything else came from situations that were called back for offside. And as you guys pointed out, like Virgil was absolutely livid with the, with the Lionsman a couple of times. Now, he was livid with Matip a couple of times as well, and he let Joel know that he needed to get his act together. But most of the, the excitement from a Burnley point of view today came from situations where they were, they were offside. Um, but like that's, that's probably nine elevenths of their best eleven that they've put out today. You'd bring McNeil in for, for Lennon. You'd bring Taylor in for Peters, and that's pretty much it. You look at the bench. I mean, I really like Nathan Collins. I'm biased because he's he's a young Irish kid. But aside from him, McNeil Cork is like I say, he's a solid six out of ten every game. There's not a whole lot there. Like you're not bringing Dale Stevens or Phil Bardsley or Kevin Long on to try and win you a game. And it it speaks to where their squad is when they've got three right backs in their matchday squad who can't play any other position. Roberts, Loughton and Phil Bardsley can only play right back. It's not like they're, you know, multi-positional players. It, It just speaks to how weak their squad is.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair, and 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 Harry, just to get a take from you, because obviously j- during the week you'll have done uh, your show and you spoke, as you say, to um, someone who's kind of close to the case, watching them uh, a lot closer than we would be every week. And I'm just curious to see, like, what what going into this game. I suppose mm-hmm. City and Liverpool are, are, are most teams would consider that pretty much a free hit. I would have thought, uh, especially a team in Burnley's position. Um, but is there a confidence level at all? A, a belief that they can dig out of it? Because, as Dave rightly points out, to win the games games in hand, and suddenly they're looking a lot healthier. Do they have any belief
3: or faith that they can do that? He didn't seem too confident ahead of this game, but I think that's you know that's that's fairly natural given sort of what it's like when City and, and Liverpool turn up at your ground usually. But um, he, he was he was just bemoaning the midfield a lot, really, just saying that that that, that really that was the area for him. Um, that had been neglected for a couple seasons, couple transfer windows now. Um, probably needs a whole scale overhaul. He, he, he was saying in terms of some of those midfielders no longer having the legs really to, to compete in the way in which they used to, because they none of them were necessarily the greatest technical players. Um, there's also sort of vision lacking from that midfield as well. And that probably points to some of the, some of the tactics that we see from times where they just completely bypass and go direct and try and win second balls from the knockdowns and, um I, I, the perception was that the the Weghorst can be an upgrade for them on on Chris Wood if he settles properly he's got you know, there's, there's more to his all-round game than Chris Wood um brought and then Chris Wood did go on those long streaks actually um from time to time of just not scoring and then when he wasn't doing that uh he really wasn't contributing much else um is what the is what Adam had said so i th- i think there's a confidence in um Deitch to... To try and be able to turn it around, try and use these games in hand. But um, we, we we did discuss if yeah you know, if if Burnley are to go down. I mean, do um, you have many concerns? And he wasn't necessarily too concerned by sort of Deitch not being the right man, for example. He really, just kept going back to the lack of investment in previous windows. And there has been there have been some smart signings that will take a little bit of time to come, you know, come and bear fruit. But um, right now. Um, He said loads has has revolved around individual little moments of brilliance from from Corne that aren't sustainable. Um, uh, Rodriguez pulling moments out as well. Uh, But even that United game. In midweek, he he said the first half they were shocking um, and really should have been out of it completely. Uh, and it was actually quite surprised by their second half performance because it's it's the type of performance he said he said he's not seen all season. So it, it looks like it, pretty hard luck there at the moment for for Burnley fans and with with the investment that's gone on at Newcastle and the fact that they 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 took Chris Wood as well. Um, yeah, it could be the last time we played Burnley for uh, for a little while.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably fair and oh, let's I
2: think it'll be a long while. If they go yeah. down, they're not coming back up. Like they're in a really precarious place financially because of how their takeover was done. Right and it could well be that the ownership reverts back to the previous owners because these guys that took over with the leverage buy it could just walk away. Oh really? And yeah. if that's the case, it's it's like they literally in order to buy the club, they use the club's own money. I, I don't know how this is allowed, but they used the club's own financial resources and then leveraged a load of money onto it. Like, prior to this takeover, Burnley were, without question, the best-run best club from a financial point of view in the Premier League. They had cash resources, like cash in bank, which nobody else has other than, like, the mega-rich who pump in money. They were doing it on a, on a shoestring, the entire time, and now the entire cost of the buyout is leveraged onto the club, and all their cash resources are gone. So I've
0: just the- I've just had a terrible mental image of Sean Dyche, a la Margot Robbie in the bath, explaining to us how leverage buyouts work. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> in a short sleeve shirt, of course. Um, <laughs> in a
0: Short sleeve shirt, yeah, yeah, yeah. But
2: yeah, if if they go down, like there's as we've said, there's not a whole lot of great players in that team. But the ones that are pretty good will be gone. True, I mean, true. McNeil will leave, Corne will leave, Tarkovsky's probably gone anyway. Pope will go. Veghorst, I don't know if there's a relegation release clause. He he could go, and then what do you have left? And how much of that money is actually going to get reinvested? because Dice will leave as well. He's not going down to in the championship again.
0: No. Well, Veghorst is actually central to uh, the little opening chunk. And Harry, I'll talk to you about that uh, about 21 minutes or so. Um, the first thing of note that I have anyway, was on four minutes, a lovely move involving Mo ended with Robbo kind of sk- cross from Robbo skidding just off the turf ahead of, ahead of uh, Salah. He couldn't get his boot to it. Um, It was a lot to do with the surface water, I think. And there were some nice moves in that opening 10 minutes, often ending with the wrong ball or the wrong option. Um, We got a corner on that ninth minute, which ended with uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold drive from distance, which was blocked. Um... At this stage, you're, you're very aware of the conditions. Um, it, 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 Like I say, it was a game that made you feel cold to watch it. Those cameras soaked with water on the sidelines really did add to the whole aesthetic of the turf, turf moor um, unpleasantness. Um, and, you know, in those opening 10, 15 minutes, what was most apparent to me, the thing that I was watching closest, and, you know, for r- positive reasons, was I was kind of hoping that the captain would come in and do really well, and I was watching to see how Naby would do, given his chance. And I, I was worried because there was a few sort of worrying moments for Jordan Henderson in those opening ten or eleven minutes. But what was also noticeable in those opening minutes was the fact that our offside line was holding well. Uh, Dave mentioned it earlier, you mentioned it earlier, I mentioned it earlier, and something that we do well. And we get let down by the silliness of the modern game in terms of not putting up flags until, you know, whatever. I I, I don't even want to get into it because it's so daft. On 13 minutes, their aerial ability uh, left Brownhill set up with an opportunity to shoot from distance. Ali had to put it out for a corner. Uh, it was a good dig. Uh, decent save, two-handed, pushed it round his right hand post. Um Tarkowski then uh, fouled Allison uh, but nothing came of it. Uh, decent ball into the box by Henderson on 18 minutes, um give him his props, sort of a half-volley cross. Twenty minutes a decent nabby drive after a good move, um, but it was saved. Um he had put it down low to the keeper's right. Probably just didn't hit it with enough ferocity to to get past the keeper, but it was a nice move, decent dig. Now, soon after that, Veghorst connects with Mo Salah in their penalty box. It's a clear connection. The deliberateness of it uh, are not, to me, I would have thought, from watching the game in recent years, is an irrelevance. Uh, there's clear contact. It uh, alters Mo's ability to run. Um Everyone on the stream that I was watching, halftime pundits, dismissed it. Not for me, not for me, that, Mm. um, 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 you know, uh, Michael Owen, all the rest of it. But here's what's sickening about it. It's not given. It should be given, in my opinion. It's not given. They break, and they go down the far end, and the lad who had fouled Mo is on the end of it, and he should do so much better. He kind of pulls his shot from right to left. Uh, and they should be one up. It's a really good break by them uh, straight from that opportunity. Uh, and like I say, it's a really poor effort. Uh, so bad is the shot that it goes right across the face of gold and gets cleared. um Talk to me a little bit about that opening sequence. And if you wouldn't mind giving me your take
3: on that, because I'm, I'm anxious to hear if I'm uh, in a vacuum here shouting at the sky. No, not at all. Uh, I, I suppose I'd just like sort of roll my eyes a little bit at this stage because. Um... Just getting very used to there being a different rule book. To be honest, when it comes to penalties for for Mo Salah, uh, the, the, we obviously had that one midweek um, against mm-hmm. Leicester that um, don't really understand how that's not a foul. Uh. Well, actually, actually, can I jump in here?
0: Oh, we we missed this on Raw, and I I totally we hold did. my hands. Up. I totally hold my hands up there because I it's 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 on me to to notice all the things, but. The mitigating circumstances are that nobody on on the BT coverage mentioned it or showed it for a second time. It was not shown. There was no discussion about it. Nobody gave a shit about it. And I only saw the one camera angle. So if you look down, you're making notes like we're doing, you you, were reliant on repetitive camera angles. But yeah, you're dead right. That was. The
2: first proper replay I saw of a Trev was yesterday. <laughs>
0: there, there you go was somebody pointed it out in the thread in discord and i went and had a look and i was like holy shit yeah. you know uh, 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 it, like it's just it's remarkable sorry harry i cut you off do you, do you want to know an
2: interesting fact just before we go back to harry yes please the var today and the var against went uh, against uh, lester same yeah. fella.
0: A fellow called England, right? Darren Mark, England, yeah. Darren England, mm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, sorry, Harry.
3: Go ahead. No, no, it's 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 a strange situation to get into at this stage because um, you you do question yourself and they, did you just see that? And I, I'm not surprised, Trev, that yeah, at times you can just almost gloss over it and you, don't, and you don't even end up messaging it in the pod afterwards. But they they really didn't sort of linger on it at all against Leicester, and then today as well. Uh, i mean i mean you're watching the replay there and you can always tell a little bit i think when uh, you can there's almost a bashfulness um about the commentators <laughs> they don't know what to say really because what what they're watching on a slow motion replay uh is a foul in the box uh, on a striker which is a penalty um uh, but but they can't really um they can't really find the words to describe it because um it, it's just you know doesn't happen and and I, as well as the, the 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 refereeing of of offside I do think we've seen it from yeah, again and again and again the way in which these sides do do get refereed at times it just plays in perfectly to their game plan right you know the 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 underdogs the plucky underdogs um, you know any slight touch or nudge as we saw from Leicester in sort of midweek and they are throwing themselves all over the place um, however um they're seemingly able to sort of get involved in sort of Greco-Roman like wrestling with our players. It was, it's 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 very strange, but you, you sort of become <laughs> sort of become numb to it at this stage. Uh, I thought I thought the start was encouraging in terms of the intent. I think I thought you, you could see the intent there. Um, you could see some of the quality. If there wasn't uh, maybe a lack of a lack of final ball, but you you just sort just sort of thought that by the end of the game, a couple of those will come off. You know, the final ball will be right on. on more occasions than not, and we'll wind we'll up picking up the chance, or actually, as we're probably getting used to more these days, uh, that a set piece will come along because, of course, I think we're, we're the best in the league when it comes to, um, making use of, uh, set pieces, and Man United are the worst, just, just by the way. And, uh, yeah, it was, it, it wasn't too bad a start. Obviously, as you mentioned, and we talked about at the start, you know, a couple of the errors that we made and a couple bad refereeing decisions, you know, the, allows Burnley the opportunity for some of those chances and they yeah if they have a ruthless finisher up top you know maybe they punish us on a, on another day you know so yeah wasn't a huge grasp of control on the game at that point either and um this is probably the best t- time to come on to to Henderson a little bit just just give my my opinion of it um one of the issues I've had within this season really is just um just just keep the ball in in, in these games I'm, I'm not I'm not Asking for incredible creativity. I'm not. You don't have to find this. You know, 40 yard ball um, like Trent does because that's what Trent does. So just let Trent do that, um, or whoever you're paired with, Tiago and Fab. They can help you out with that. Just keep it simple. You know, um, be intense. That's what you do at your best. Uh, that's what we've seen the, uh, when we see the best of Henderson. Uh, and you're looking at his stats today, and I don't want to damn him too much, but you know, 36 passes, uh, he, he only actually made 18 of them. So that's like 50% of his passes um, weren't completed. Um, and then his long balls as well, I think one out of six, uh, 17%. And again, I, I, I'm not someone who just... We'll find stats on a player and then just use it to damn him. I thought he really struggled with some of the basic aspects of of what I suspect his role was supposed to be today. Um, and I, I think when you saw w- why Keita and uh, you know, Thiago and Fab did so well, a lot of it was very simple stuff <laughs> that they were doing. Um, you know, just keeping the ball, especially when Thiago came on, um, just realizing we don't have to be super adventurous here. You know, we're winning. Yeah, you know, we we've got them at arm's length, and it was just a bit weird that if you're a bit chaotic and loose with your passing like that, like we've seen in other games this season, maybe the Chelsea one, um, you're just inviting it to turn into a game that they want, you know? And um, yeah, you saw bits of danger about that. I thought in the, in the opening twenty.
0: Yeah, for sure, and it's interesting you go there because almost immediately after, myself and Dave now we'll we'll, we'll have a look uh, at the um, the balance of that half and. You know, we're wow. building up to the goal. The goal happens in 40 minutes, but after the goal, just for for the record, because we'll hardly get an opportunity to mention it um, uh, with the other things we want to talk about in this first half, there was a half-decent Trent Cross on 41 minutes and a lovely opportunity on 43. Sadio uh, was breaking in on goal. And his through ball to Mo was really poorly executed, uh, so Pope was able to get there. It was a real opportunity, but immediately after what we were, what you and I have talked about in a bit of detail there, that opening twenty minutes or so, um, Henderson does pick up a, a, fa- a yellow card in twenty five minutes, and it's for fouling Peters, who was exploiting the poor control that Henderson had. He had, had a bad touch. Um, from that free, um, the ball came to Rodriguez. And it took a great bit of work by Ali to come out and smother it. Um, And that's, you know, a a direct result of some of the stuff you were mentioned there, Harry. 28 minutes, great delivery from Trent um, from a free on the right-hand side. Sadio uh, gets there uh, and his effort is stopped point blank by Pope. It's a really good save. Um, Whether he knows a lot better or not, he's in the right spot. Um, Then 30 minutes two in a row for Veghorst the first one is a genuine opportunity the ball was played in over the top he drove his effort wide of the near post when he should have done better and then four minutes later in 34 Peters played him in Ali had to come out Um, the game was allowed to play on Veghorst was offside 38 minutes a dangerous ball in by Sadio um, Mane Uh, but again it's it's put out by me uh, for a corner and on 40 minutes, uh, Dave, we are one up. Uh, so we've because there's quite a bit going on here. Uh, Trent was battling with the wind uh, and the corner flag uh, to get uh, an opportunity to even take, take the, quarter, the corner kick in, in the first place. When he does hit it, it's curled with some menace into the ball, flicked on by Sadio Mane's head, goes into the ground. And as it's coming up, Fab hits a fairly fierce half volley. pokes straight at Pope and he uses his momentum to continue on follow up and um uh, poke home the rebound um and it was one of those goals you could celebrate as well because you could see he's running through lines there's no danger of offside he hasn't hit his hand or anything like that so it was an enjoyable goal uh, lots to talk about there in that chunk of time um, focus on whatever the hell you want to focus on I know at least one thing you will want to talk about um, because you won't have much of a chance to do it in the second half because as you say 57, 58 minutes things changed so what, do you, what, 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 what are you going to pick out of that first half the second half of that first half
2: Well, let's start with the goal, obviously. It it comes initially from great work from Naby, driving through the lines, lovely slip pass, in behind, cross, corner. And um, I think it was Ben Mee kind of sat on the cross and and skirted it behind. It's a great ball in by Trent after having... I I actually thought he was going to throw the corner flag down on the ground because it was blowing over that much. But it's a great ball in. And I wonder if that delay in taking the corner just caused a bit of a lull in the Burnley defence, and caused them just to lose the concentration for a half second. Because for us to get three successive touches in their box—the sadio header, the Fab half volley, and then the Fab follow-up—does just suggest maybe that they weren't as quick on the on the reaction as as they'd normally be. Yeah. But it's it's a really well taken goal by Fab. Um. He obviously is developing quite this this lovely knack of scoring goals. He's our top-scoring midfielder this year, which is uh, very, very impressive considering the position he plays in the team. Um, and when you consider that last season, he went and played centre-back and was the best centre-back in the league from when Virgil got hurt up until he got hurt himself at Christmas. And now this season, he's developing into a poacher supreme all while still being the best holding midfielder in the world. He may well be the best player ever because uh, statistics tell me that since January 1st, in fact, I'll go back further, since December 1st, Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo combined have scored three goals and Fabinho has five. Uh, So while some may worship their false gods, we can worship at the altar of Fab. (laughs) He has been absolutely tremendous for us and when he's in the team, we're just a different beast. And obviously, as, as you guys have mentioned, when it's him and Thiago, it's different class. There's a great start. I don't know if you guys mentioned it pre-pod or, or on the pod, but Stephen Drennan had it. Um, Babu, y- Babu Yagu on Twitter, great account, well worth your follow. He pointed out that Burnley's XP <coughs> for the game was 1.16. Yeah. Before Thiago came on, so obviously when the period where Henderson was on the pitch, it was 1.15. So they had a number of opportunities, not great opportunities, but a number of opportunities in that first 56 minutes and then absolutely nothing in the 37 minutes that Thiago was on the pitch because we just killed the game in our control. And that's what was lacking in that first half was any kind of modicum of control. Um, you can look at the raw numbers in Henderson and the appalling. 36 passes attempted, only 18 completed, 48 touches, lost the ball 24 times. So every second time he got the ball, he gave it away. That is absolutely shocking for a supposed top-end player. Um, His defensive numbers are poor. He lost four of his seven tackles. But his defensive numbers over the last 12 months are awful. I'm not sure if that's what you've just shared there, Trev. Yeah, it is. Over
0: the the year, yeah.
2: Over the last 12 months, he averages 14.14 pressures per 90 minutes. That is in the 10th percentile. Now, bearing in mind, it goes from the first as the lowest to the 99th as the highest. He is in the 10th percentile. 1.22 tackles per 90. That's in the fifth percentile. That's pathetic. Uh, 1.77 interceptions. That's in the 58th percentile. So, bang average. 0.88 blocks per 90. That's in the fourth percentile. That's really, really appalling. Um clearances 0.93 21st percentile and aerials 1 0.88 that's in the 36 percent. Jordan Henderson is six, is 6 foot 1 he is 6 foot 1 and he is w- probably the worst player in our squad in the air Naby is better in the air Thiago is much better in the air I'm not even talking about the big lads or the likes of Sadio and Jota the small midfielders that people say are unathletic Naby and Thiago are better in the air than him they're also better defensively than him and if he's not good defensively and clearly isn't good enough on the ball with performances like that and you can say it's a once off but it's not there's been a few like that this season you'd never see Naby have a 50% passing completion, you'd never see Thiago have 50% or any top class midfielder but this is the player he is now and remember as well those numbers also include a couple of games where he played centre-back. And that should have boosted those numbers because you get more blocks, more clearances, more tackles as a centre-back. So um, it's, it's not just this game. It's been all season that he, he has been poor. He was poor last season. His performances as a centre-back were atrocious. And we really need to look at the fact that when he plays, we're not as good as when he doesn't play. And it's not, again, not just today. Look at the Wolves game. Look how poor he was against Wolves. As soon as he went off, we improved and we scored and we won the game. You know, last season when he wasn't in the team, we went in a run and got ourselves into third when all seemed dead and buried while he was in the team. We are now better without Jordan Henderson. And that doesn't take into account that Harvey is now a major option for us. We are just a better team when Jordan Henderson doesn't play. There are obviously games where he can play. And today would have been one of those games where he could have played as the six because there's less running to do. Burnley aren't trying to break through the middle of the pitch. We saw it when we played at Anfield. He played the six in one of his two or three best uh, performances this season because he had so little to do defensively that he could just sit in, get his passes going, and you know do what he does. Today, when he's been asked to cover ground, cover for Trent, you know, be progressive on the ball, it's too much for him. And the, the yellow card is, is a shocker. Like, it's it's an appalling first touch that turns into him lunging at Eric Peters for no reason. And the highlight of his first half, we should point out, was a Liverpool corner that Burnley cl- cleared and broke on. And Vood Veghorst, who might be one of the slowest players in world football, out sprinted Henderson from the edge of the Burnley box to the edge of the Liverpool box. There are turtles that move quicker than Weghorst. And yet he outran Henderson by 10 yards. Oh, and Henderson had a two-yard head start. If you watch where the play starts, Henderson has a two-yard head start. But Veghorst sprints as much as he can. And Henderson is jogging. And that's in the 24th minute of the game. So tiredness isn't an excuse. It was before the yellow card. So before he picked up whatever injury he, he, he picked up, he was jogging. So his legs are, are not there. His passing yeah. isn't there. And defensively, he's not good enough. So what is he bringing to this team? I don't want to hear leadership. I don't want to hear about intangible nonsense. I don't want to hear about standard setting. Because if the idea is that the world-class players in this team, Virgil, Thiago, Trent, Mo, manny aren't able to set standards for themselves without two mediocre players like Henderson and Milner, if the idea is that they don't know how to go out and play a game of football without Jordan Henderson screaming at them to do his job on their own, like I, I don't really understand how the game works now, because you're going to tell me that Thiago who's one of the best midfielders that the game has seen, not just now, not just the last five years, ever, the best, one of the best midfielders the game's ever seen, he doesn't know how to run a game he doesn't know how to play, Set standards. The man came with, I think, nine Bundesliga titles, uh, a Champions League, two Champions Leagues, uh, a couple of La Liga titles. You're telling me he needs Jordan Henderson to set the standard for him? These intangibles are bullshit, and there's nothing that these lads, are, that he, this Henderson especially, is offering to this team right now. What he needs is an extended spell on the bench, to maybe work out whatever injuries or whatever niggles or whatever's holding him back and he needs to start putting in more of a shift because that shift he put in today forget the passing forget everything else the shift he put in today was really really poor yeah lack that was of the work rate was really shocking
3: and that's what needs yeah. to happen today but what, what do we actually expect to happen you know, based upon you know, the management that we've seen. Of, you, see, we, we, of, you see, we have a lot the choices, Harry. Uh, uh, that's uh, the thing.
0: True. This well, is interesting. But here's the yeah. thing,
2: right? Look, look, let's, let's rewind in history a little bit. Let's go back to Kiev 2018, we lose the Champions League final. What does Klopp do that summer? He Fair. buys Fabinho yeah. and he buys Nabi And then he tries to buy Nabil Fakir.
3: Yeah, the plans right? always so, seem to be to, to move away from it, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah so... Uh, so he has consistently tried to move away from Henderson, yet injuries to Ox, injuries to Naby, the Fakir deal falling through, Thiago having injury problems, Fabinho having... These are what have kept him in the team. So while we we all do gripe about, you know, he constantly goes back to Henderson, he probably looks at it and thinks, Henderson will give me six out of ten most weeks. And I would rather have that than you know the possibility of a four out of ten from Naby, or an eight out of ten from Naby. I don't know exactly what I'll get from Naby. I know I'll get this six out of ten performance from Henderson. Those six out of ten performances, though, they're now a thing of the past. Today was a three out of ten, and yeah. there's been many three out of tens this season. So, with Harvey been out injured, remember as well, Harvey got injured. Henderson was dropped for Leeds. Henderson had been playing. He was dropped for the Leeds game because he was playing poorly.
0: Yeah, the kid had the shirt. Just,
2: that's and the kid. He had the shirt and got injured. So yeah, like, yeah. he tried Henderson on the left. It was an embarrassment against Chelsea. He knows Fabinho was, is the sixth. And think of it as well. The season we won the Champions League, Henderson was the one that was dropped when Fabinho came back into the team. He worked his way back in, and credit to him, had a good two-month run After coming back in as an eight, but he had been dropped from the team.
3: This could be the run where we see it then, I suppose. Maybe I do
2: think so. (laughs) I do think so. It's all going to depend on the fitness of Thiago, Harvey, Naby, and potentially Curtis and Ox as well, because I think there's going to be games where he'd prefer to play them and get a bit more thrust than play Henderson. Henderson may well find that his minutes are limited to just being Fabinho's backup. And coming on late in games to you know to see things out, doing what Klopp has sort of relegated Milner to doing those little three and four minute spells or ten minute spells at the end of games to see something out. That may well be Jordan Henderson's future, but that's that's two hundred grand a week to do that. We're well, already yeah, paying one hundred and fifty grand a week to do it. And, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, exactly. That's an awful waste of money. I also just before before we move on. There's obviously Klopp made some comments yesterday about Milner's contract. Read them properly. He was being really diplomatic about them. I have a theory on this. We have heard, I'm sure you've heard as well from certain people, that the Mo deal is agreed. My theory is Mo's contract is not going to kick in until Milner is off the books because Milner's wages, which are 150 grand a week, are going to Salah. Because Salah wants somewhere in the region of three hundred and fifty grand a week. He currently earns somewhere in the region of a hundred of two hundred grand a week. So his wage and Milner's wage makes up the new wage and Milner goes. That's my theory on it. That's why I think it's been delayed so much. Is they don't want to add all that new salary. They'd rather wait and get something off the books. So yeah, that's just as an aside, that's where I think that one's going.
0: That's interesting. And you know, it was that moment with Veghorst where I was just thinking Oh, the kid is all about energy. And if he doesn't have that, then what is it that he's bringing? So the second half starts with a lot more of that, if we're being honest. It was not a good spell for the captain until he was taken off. hit back passes, stuff like that. A um, little bit of pressure resulting from 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 uh, him getting called for pace. Bits and pieces like that. Uh, and really, there's not a whole lot that happens in those opening minutes. Except to be fair, me has a fairly free header from a corner which he puts badly wide on 50 minutes and then we do make that change and it is Thiago for Henderson Uh, he's straight into the action with a a beautiful volley pass to put Mo away Mo does very well uh, to take it in and take it down and cut inside but it comes to nothing they bring on McNeil then for Rodriguez in 60 minutes Um, and at 62 Weghorst holds off Thiago and gets a shot at Ali from the edge of the box um, that must be where the point one came in because I don't think there's anything else from him after that. 63 minutes, a decent move, ended with Pope getting down to smother uh, Trent Cross. We bring on Jota for Sadio on 66. There was a bit of a chance uh, move with Thiago Instrumental, ended up with Bobby Firmino uh, offside, uh, heading over across from Robertson. Um, we just started to look much better around that point. There was a shape and a, a, a kind of a cohesiveness to the play. And again, that thing that I was talking about uh, with Diaz, uh, after the Leicester game was the ball retention. that Just that simple thing and, and, and having Tiago there just made that, that much better. Uh, dangerous McNeil um, ball into Barnes on 74 minutes, but he couldn't get there. Um, a few more crosses came from that, a little bit of a flurry. Um, nothing much, though, uh, by way of threat. A decent flowing move on 77 led to a corner for us. Uh, 79 minutes, a lovely ball from Fabinho uh, into Trent, um, and it, to be to be honest, me was lucky not to pull it through his own net uh, as his touch from Trent's touch uh, goes across the face of goal and, and 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 out for a corner. We get nothing from that. Yet another offside thing happens in 82 minutes um, as it plays along, the, allowed to go on. They get a bit of a buzz out of Cornet hitting the side, ringing the ball should not. They, Play should have been stopped anyway. 86 minutes. There's a glorious opportunity towards the end of the game. Uh, and it was Mo Salah delaying his pass this time. Uh, it was the opposite way around with Sadio earlier on. He delayed his pass to Jota. Uh, and Jota's uh, hit um, is uh, under pressure and wide. Um we bring on Milner for a minute at the end for Nabi Keita, and that's your lot. And Harry, I mean, just to sum up that second half, like it, it really was mm. comparatively incident free. But what was clearly obvious, and uh, like again, <laughs> I I I would hate to think anybody's listening and thinking, oh, we've got in for X worries. Like I I fucking love all these lads. I wish they were playing well all the time, all of them. Of course, but we we, we we have to point it out when we see it. And just there wasn't no difference, just a notable difference in the in the cohesiveness of our play in that second half, in the control that we had of our possession. Uh, and you did feel that, calmness You talked about earlier on where you were thinking, like you know, you weren't really worried. Well. That's how I was feeling as the game was going on. I didn't really think, oh, we're going to get mugged here because if even if we had, there was enough there that we could have pushed and gone into overdrive and, and gotten the goal we needed. And that that was nice. That was a nice, a nice and clearly obvious uh, thing to see. Was there anything in that uh, chunk of the second half from the introduction of Thiago uh, to the end there that you wanted to focus in on or any particular uh, aspect of it you wanted to talk
3: about? No, thankfully not. I mean, I, th- I think I think that's I mean, him. <laughs> I mean, he came on, um, and then, yeah, I think as a as a team, we more or less just shut everything down. Um, and uh, yeah, it's weird. I mentioned the the title winning season, but there were so many games in that season where we we went one 0 up, or maybe maybe two nil up on occasion, and. Um, occasionally we there would be a few chances uh or, or, or opposition teams would get a little bit more xg in the, in those final 20 minutes and so people would question why that was um and very often it was cuz you could just you could see a noticeable sort of energy saving mode like go on for for liverpool not over exerting themselves why should we, you know, yes, we can press super intensely when we need to, but we don't need to now. We'll, we'll just keep the ball. Um, and that, that that was such a key ingredient in us putting together the results to, you know, to, to win the title. Um, and, and actually, I think that that that's one of the things at the moment that uh, encourages me or keeps my optimism um, going really around whatever we can do to put pressure on, on City in this situation because – those are the types of wins, to be honest. Um, the really no-nonsense 1-0, 2-0, controlled, the last 20 minutes are almost boring because the players have just just decided to keep the ball and suffocate the opposition. Those yeah. are the kinds of performances that will get us pretty close. Um, it's the kind of performances that, put, that, that City have put in for for many, many, many uh, seasons now. Um, so I'm sure that will probably be one of the most worrying uh, aspects when sort of, sort of City scouts are looking at Liverpool at the moment. There are fewer classics, hopefully, that we're going to be involved with uh, or involved in now between now and end of the season. Um, And hopefully it's just more no-nonsense three points. Um, Would have liked it if uh, Salah had just put a little bit more Purchase on that pass to to Jota, but maybe he's aware of these stats, Trev. You know, Jota's really really creeping up with the with the finishing of late. Uh, uh, I'm sure there's some corner of the internet where they're like, yeah, Mo deliberately underhit that. He's he's <laughs> he's he's still annoyed post Afcon. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was fine. Um, uh, there was even even a moment there on the on the sideline where you know the rain coming down on Deitch, Um he seemed to be sort of you know just questioning. What does it all mean? You know, <laughs> so it was a strange ex- existential yeah.
0: moment for him. Existential dashi is hard to beat. It's got <laughs> it's got all like rud- ruddles of of of, of rain that going down that craggy of His uh, great stuff and like obviously, I just want to put one thing to you. I saw uh, a tweet from Gags earlier on um, mm. talking about. Uh, how pleased he was with Nabi Kate. and I think you know it's 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 important that we mention lads who have done well, and um, he's another guy who yeah. uh, brings out the agenda boys, shall we say, <laughs> in in, uh, in full flight. But I'll tell you one thing: Gags uh, are saying, "Well, look, if 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 we were to be looking at situation, he was really really impressed with, with Kate, as I, as it was myself, I have to say, uh, and he was talking about, look, if if it was a situation where." It was uh Tiago and Nabi uh rotating. Uh, I i, I kind of see where that might work, and <laughs> if 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 it was occasionally, then get the occasional games for 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 Hendo and and, and more to the point, a, pre- a preponderance of matches, a, a a a majority of the games where we get to see the kid, where we get to see Elliot. Mm, uh, yeah. I mean. That's exciting. I, I, I'll 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 buy that for a dollar. Um, and you know, I, I suppose it's a long way around asking. Were you as convinced as as uh, Gagsby Kate today?
3: No, yeah, I thought I, I I thought he was very good. Um, sort of very decisive when he needed to be. Um, he has that sort of great ability when he's on sort of his best form. Just just to sort of glide across the pitch, and um, and I think Dave mentioned it for for our goal sort of his his involvement in the build up but um yeah he's he's just aware of sort of the job he has to do and I think one thing i was saying around the midfield afterwards was, it was, it was, it was they were just cohesive you know that they, they, all, they all work for each other they know what to do when the other ones you know venture off on a adventure or, or, or things like that him and uh, Tiago look, look like they have a nice uh, understanding both trust each other you know you can always tell when players trust each other sort of technically fizzing the ball back and Back and forth between each other. I think that it, that's one of the very first times, or one of the few times we've, we've ever seen Fab, Thiago, and uh, and Cato on a pitch in the Premier League together. So um, it was sort of a rare sight. But no, I, th- I thought he had a really strong game. That's why I mentioned those games that um, he's played in for us this this season, and he's he's done well in. Those are the sorts of sorts of games that gets that get thrown at him, as you know. He's not he's not ready for those types of games, and. Um, you know, his, his, his performance against United, you know, that will live long in the memory because of the result. You know, he was, he was outstanding before sort of Pogba, uh, <laughs> crocked him, um, in that game. Um, so yeah, I, I, saw some of the quotes, um, in midweek, uh, around, uh, Nabi and the illusion of Nabi and things like that from, from the usual outlets. But, um, I've heard, and I'm sure Dave will back me up on this, I've heard that, uh, in some quarters, Nabi Keita has received an eight out of 10 today Um so he must have been he must have been outstanding Ian
2: Doyle Ian Doyle with the long range screamer coming in when no one expected right in stoppage time with an 8 out of 10 you know Nabi's had a belter of a game when even Doyler is saying 8 out of 10 that's a stunner and you're right Harry it is on the week where someone else in the Echo wrote a hit piece on Nabi. And there was a blogger who I won't name, who has made outra- outrageous alleg- allegations against Nabi, based on completely, you know, uh, unreliable reports and nonsense off Twitter. Um, who wrote another hit piece about Nabi, and it, it's a disgrace. It's an absolute disgrace seeing these people write these things. And today he shut them all up because I thought he was very, very good today. Um, he was. You know, his passing percentage was ninety percent. He kept the ball well, moved it on well, broke the lines with a couple of good passes, won his tackles, won a couple in the air. You know, I don't know don't know what more you could really ask from Navi. Uh played some lovely keep ball with Tiago then in the latter stages to just see the game out. And massive credit to him for the shit housing. When Veghorst went down and had to be taken off, rather than kick the ball out of play and risk it being chalked down as an incomplete pass he gave it to Robbo and then Robbo put it out of place and now he got the completed pass which I thought was brilliant um, yeah look I, I think you're right I think you know the second half once Thiago came on we just looked more controlled we had far more about us we looked more intelligent we looked like a team that you know knew we were better than them and, and knew we were in control of the game we created a couple of really good openings, and unfortunately, Mo's sharpness just wasn't there. Um, the one where he underhits the pass to to Jota. That how's that not a corner, by the way? Because it clearly comes off Tarkovsky's boot. Um, you know, if if that pass is hit properly, if Manny hits the pass through to Salah properly, we win three nil, and then the mood and the vibe is all very different. You know, so they're the fine margins of the game. Uh, Deich has been out talking absolute bubbles uh what is it he said he said he thought they were brilliant today uh let's see burnley fc uh read the gaffers reaction i thought we were excellent and created far the better chances against top class side and the energy was fantastic with three games a week i'll give them that their energy was good they did work hard they put in a shift they weren't excellent Now, by by the standards we've seen from them this season, maybe, but they certainly didn't have the better opportunities because the only difficult one Ali had was that Rodriguez sort of, you know, the scramble in the box that Ali came out and smothered. Other than that, the saves he made were from distance or were offside. So I'm not sure how he can equate that with having the better chances. We had the better chances in the game and with a better final pass, we win that game 3-0. And that's with certain Liverpool players not playing badly. And we've covered Henderson, but I thought Bobby had a stinker as well today. And I think it was Henry Jackson that said it. His first touch just seems to abandon him at times. It was like a trampoline today. Um,
0: and to be fair, Dave, none of the front three that started covered, covered themselves in glory no, at all.
2: No, you know? I thought Sadio for the first 10 minutes really looked like he was up for it. And then he just sort of faded. And I think probably the you know the excerpts of been at the AFCON and then been back in Senegal and he probably hasn't had a whole lot of sleep with the celebrations and then obviously, you know, having to get back to Merseyside and whatever else. But um I, I like Deich's or Klopp's comments on why he didn't bring Diaz on. I thought that was I thought that was quite good. And look, we we can only be happy with the three points. It it, you know, keeps us in with something of a shot in the title race. We're nine points behind, but our game in hand is at home to Leeds, who are abysmal. Absolutely abysmal. I got thumped by a bad Everton team yesterday. So we should beat them fairly comfortably. And we've got a favourable little run coming. We've got Inter in the Champions League, obviously, on Wednesday night. They're going to be without the best midfielder and probably their best centre-back. Then we get Norwich at home. That's a game we'll win. Then it's Leeds at home, and again that's a game we'll win. And then it's that cup final against Chelsea, uh, which will obviously be very, very difficult. So there's a good opportunity here for us to pick up six points in our next two in the league, close that gap on City to three points, and then out of the back of that, you know, pick up a few more wins, go to the Etihad with a six point gap at at the worst. And if we beat them there, then it is um. Oh, then it is possible that they will slip up. And if they slip up, we just have to make sure that we're the ones who take advantage of it, that we're the team that we know we can be and that we don't drop any more silly points because we've dropped a lot of silly points this season and yeah. um, we just can't afford any more. That's that's the be-all and the end-all of it. We can't afford any more silly drop points.
0: And to wrap up with yourself then, let people know what they can expect from you in the week to come, certainly between now and the next Raw anyway.
2: Uh, there'll be two footed pod every day at four PM, except Tuesday. There won't be any pod on Tuesday. And um, there'll be Daily Red every day at lunchtime. Guy will take care of Tuesdays. So I'm not about on Tuesday. But then I'll be back for Raw. And uh, then it'll be, you know, full steam into into Norwich, then Leeds, then I don't know what's happening with Chelsea in the cup final yet. I don't know whether the whether the uh, it's going to remain the guy drinkle show gags is oh, in the it's got it's, it, it's got gags is trying to rotate back in the the, the the main men but with the look that we've had thus far i'm inclined to agree that it should be young drinkle and, and co who take care of it's, that one for us
0: it, 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 guys guys the, the and Kelleher of, yeah. of, of that's of,
2: exactly <laughs> it that's exactly there's no, there's, it there's no two ways about less but, ginger but you know less yeah, ginger everything else is the same well, um, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so there was plenty from Dave as low usual scum, scum. Uh, to 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 look forward to in the week to come. And Harry, your final thoughts, and let folks know what is coming from you as well.
3: Yeah, there's going to be a couple of rival recons coming up for for Norwich uh, and then Leeds, which obviously the games packed really closely together as well. So I'll try and get those out back to back. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I think I'm back on Raw for maybe after the Carabao Cup actually. Yes, maybe I'm having that. Extended rotation that Dave was alluding to there, uh, so, <laughs> so, so, so that's absolutely fine. Maybe you'll see pictures of me uh, playing golf in Dubai, like most of the players seem to do whenever they're. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. This is all an illusion. Um, yeah, no, the, not too much to to say on the game, Trev. Um, like I said, it's just it's just just fun to make it um, a run of the mill result oh, in the end.
2: Can we just take a moment? Just to comment on the fact that poor old Jordan—not to dig at him again—but the poor fellow's going bald.
3: There's a bit of that. There is a bit of Prince William about him, isn't he? Yeah. Him,
2: him, <laughs> him and him and Eric Peters seem to be having yeah. a little bit of a bald off. As I the game think. was the wetter it got, and the more it got exposed. Hmm. Um, so we can expect that Hendo probably misses a couple of weeks at some point, or in the summer, maybe with no international tournament, maybe he goes off and gets himself a little bit of a, a Wayne Rooney transplant.
0: Mm. Um, I, no, I'm sure he'll go to Clapo's man. <laughs> Clapo's man's a far better man. Uh, I, just, whoever, I
2: want him to shave the top and, and go with, you know, like the, the monks kind of. Oh the yeah. Nice. Suit, the yeah, Bobby yeah. Charlton job. That's the job for it. That's the that's, job for. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a haircut suiting the name. <laughs>
0: oh Christ life. Right. Let's wrap it up. Uh, the, that was a uh, 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 raw from myself. Trev Downey and you have also heard from Dave Hendrick and Harry Sethi. both those lads will be back Um, myself and Dave do most of these rows. Harry's on a very very regular basis you can hear all the shows the lads have mentioned you should be listening to them now that they're free do go and tell your pals about them uh, there's no reason why we should be getting many 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 hundreds and thousands more ears and ear holes around these shows so let's do that um, I'm very excited about that possibility actually so if you've enjoy the show it's a new one to you do pass it on to your pals let them know that it's worth your while listening to um we'll wrap it up uh it's going to be very very busy uh, around Raw Town for the next while, uh, ending and culminating this month with Queeving, uh, Cal Airstroke, Guy Drinkle uh, in the final, which is always very nice, but lots from me and from the lads to come in the meantime. So, in the meantime, when we uh, until we see, see you again and speak to you again, for your fellow Reds, and stay safe out there.
1: We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel